was the cube. We know not where it comes from, only that it holds the power to create worlds and fill them with life. That is how our race was born. For a time we lived in harmony, but like all great power, some wanted it for good, others for evil. And so began the war. A war that ravaged our planet until it was consumed by death. And the cube was lost to the far reaches of space. We scattered across the galaxy, hoping to find it and rebuild our home. Searching every star, every world. And just when all hope seemed lost, message of a new discovery drew us to an unknown planet called Earth. But we were already too late. Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of Nashcast. I'm Scott. And I am Sean. And what are we doing, dude? Uh, today we are... Um... Uh, gonna talk about a series of films um, which um, has come about as a result of uh, some interaction with uh, fellow podcasters through Twitter and Twitter um, <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed um, and uh, the, the guy that hosts this podcast which is the In Session Film Podcast um, is a big fan of these films uh, and when the, uh, the most recent one came out um, both you and I had some discussions with uh, him on Twitter um, and uh, some discussions independently and a bit of a group discussion and uh, he was very interested in uh, what we had to say about these films. That's right, um, yeah. And we did actually, we did record an episode, I remember, a while back, around about this sort of time and I can't remember why we decided to redo it or if something happened to it or... Do you remember? Uh, I don't. I, well, part of me seems to think that. I think it might have been a sound issue because I, I think I know you, me, and Adam were there. Yeah. And we talked about it for a good while, and yeah, something must have happened because if it was if it was all good, it would have been up by now. Yeah. Hmm. So it's been a, it's been a kind of a little not a long time coming, but a little time coming. Yeah. Um, and they have been so, so patient, and I because I kept on putting it on Twitter every now and again. I'm just like, bear with us. The Transformers thing is coming, and Jake's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Take your time. Not with that accent, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do it. We are. Yeah. Uh, should we just uh, uh, jump straight into it? Let's go straight into it. Yeah, I guess let's get some, uh, right, Transformers 1984. Got any figures for that? No, I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, that's fine. I wasn't part of the uh, part of the original um, thing we'll anyway. Do a, so. We'll do a little crossover into the Digital Squirrel podcast, and we'll do like a a quick nine-minute episode and go over the 1984 movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pencil that in, my friend. We'll yeah. do. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're talking about the uh, live-action. Is that the right way of putting it? Um, yes, live-action, yeah, I guess. The live-action movies of um, whatever year they were. Transformers, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, Dark of the Moon, Age of Extinction. Well done. Thank you. I, yeah. I can only do it if I do it as Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> All Extinction. right, General. <laughs> okay, let's jump into uh, the first Transformers film then of, uh, you know, 2000... Uh, first Transformers film, 2007. Oh, yeah. um, directed by the 
uh, at the time, not much maligned Michael Bay. Um, running time for this film, two hours and 23 minutes. Admirable. Um, yeah. Didn't feel that long when we no, saw it. I think even yeah. when you watch it now, it doesn't feel that long. No, it doesn't. Um, hmm. We'll touch upon that again as we, yep. we start moving through the other ones. Um, this film is in the top 500 on IMDb. Um, I have no idea where it ranks in the top 500, but it's within the top 500, which surprised me. Uh, and the only reason I don't have any more information is I don't want to pay and sign up for IMDb Pro, so that's what you get. Um, Fair enough. It's got an average <laughs> of 7.2 uh, rating on IMDb, and that's uh, out of 424,000 people that have rated it. That's respectable. Indeed. Hmm. Um, it's got a meta score of 61 out of 100. So all the critics and stuff do their voting and their grading and their whatever. Um, and the end result was that. Uh, production <laughs> budget, $150 million, Holy shit. Huh. Which is a, a respectable amount of money. It is. Um, and that's produced a worldwide gross of $709 million. Wow. This is in dollars, just in case anybody's... This yeah, isn't the, the box office um, figures. This is just like today. This is the worldwide gross. So it's in its box office run. Oh, oh yeah. right. Wow. Well, that's that yeah. is good. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's respectable. Um, and of that seven hundred nine million, uh, three hundred nineteen million of it was domestic. So within the U.S. Hmm. Um, so just under a little under half of it uh, came from uh, uh, the, the 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 strength of the uh, the U.S. box office. Um, yeah, those are my facts and figures. Okay. So, dude, hit, hit me with your rating for the first Transformers film. First rating, I I like to give with, with movies like this. I like to give a um, you know, the, the point figure when you're like you know oh, a uh, seven point five or eight point five or whatever. But if we're strictly talking like yeah, you've got to round it up or down, whichever. No, you no, are, no, um, dude, dude, you can hit the point. Can I? Yeah, when we get into my other ones, there's a point. Oh, okay, then. Uh, in that case, then, I would say 8.5. Okay. Um, I think without the point, probably an 8. But right. that you allow it, 8.5 for sure, yes, definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> what do you, uh, cool. What's on your side? Uh, on my side, uh, for the first one, um, I didn't even consider giving it any kind of 0.5 or... Point three six two or anything just like a that. Solid um, number. Just a just a solid a solid seven out of ten. Seven, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which uh, I mean, seven out of ten is it's better than mediocre, which is kind of a five, the middle of the road. It's uh, literally just below average of what it is on IMDb. So. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah. um, apparently, I kind of agree with the masses, um, <laughs> but no, I, <laughs> um, I I enjoyed it very much so. Um, I think when it came out in the cinema, we were all working a blockbuster at the time, and I saw it on multiple occasions at various mm. different uh, cinemas with various different people, and the last of which I think was you and a couple of others, and yes. enjoyed it every time. Absolutely, yeah. I was against originally. I was against seeing it at the cinema. I'd seen, um, I, I'd, I'd not seen any trailers or anything. The only thing I'd seen, I remember this, my brother came into the room one day because I was living back at home at this point and he said uh, it went to my folks he was like oh you've got to watch this and it was one of those like um, teaser trailer things but it yeah. was literally 
15 seconds long or whatever, and it's that scene when Optimus meets Sam and he transforms. It was just that one scene, and I watched that, and for some reason, I don't know why, but I wasn't impressed. I was just like, oh, whoop-de-fucking-do. <laughs> and I didn't think anything after that. I was just like, okay, whatever. And then just, uh, you know, it came out. People went to see it. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's really good. And I was just, I don't know what, I guess I was just stuck in the mud. I was like, how can it be, despite visually, visual effects, how can it be any better than the 1984? Was it 86? <laughs> yeah, the 1984 like movie. Um, I have to check the year on that. But, yeah, that one with Unicorn and stuff. It was like the cartoon. It's like, how can it be better than that? But, um, yeah, then we ended up going to see it and stuff. And, pfft, yeah, it blew my mind. It's kind of like, I mean, you know, I, it blew my mind when they came up with the uh, special effects they did with the Matrix and stuff, you know, the bullet time and all that bullshit and everything. And now with Transformers, I was like, is there nothing that, you know, movies can't do sort of thing? Yeah, no, I remember so, thinking pretty much pretty much the same. Yeah. And I just, you know, for, for any of the uh, what could be considered unnecessary human elements of which i think there is considerably less in the first film um just seeing the the uh giant ass robots on screen was was worth it yeah and i think um uh, they got they got the voices right i mean prime obviously because they got um uh peter cullen back and yeah. i mean who else could do optimus prime <laughs> and i'm so i mean i'm sure like if he wasn't with us i'm sure they could have got someone else out there who could do a, a really good uh, uh imitation of that but yeah just everything like because unfortunately from the original like cartoons that we grew up with in the movie and stuff a lot of the uh, voice or some of the voice actors aren't with us anymore so you take like megatron for example they got in hugo weaving to do him, who like when I first heard about that, I was only really familiar with this stuff from the Matrix, and I was like, "He's doing Megatron? <laughs> what?" But it works because of what they've yeah. done, how they've manipulated the voice and stuff, and um, yeah, just everything like Ironhide, uh, great voice for his kind of character. Just it just fits. Um, Bumblebee, who doesn't talk, it fits until the end. But so it loses like a fraction of a point just for that end bit. But what can you do? Well, you can take his voice away again for the next film, or <laughs> yeah. make him a, uh, a mute by choice. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So you said you had a couple of notes on uh, kind of I good do. points, bad yeah, points yeah. For, for for this film. So Transformers One. First thing I've got to say about it: great score. I love Agreed. the soundtrack of it. Um, I don't have it up in front of me i should have had it up to say who did it um but the there's... score for this film was done by steve jablonski of course it was um yes. and good job I'll, I'll... sir <laughs> yeah and i'll hit you with a little 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 bit of trivia i found with regards to him sure this film we'll continue oh, okay later. um yeah he uh i mean there's several scenes when it like uh just do you remember when um, when the Autobots first arrived, uh, like the when when all the backup Autobots arrived? Because Bumblebee is there scouting. He sends out his message through his chest, being like, "Hey, um, yeah. come here" or whatever. And then they come down and destroy shit and stuff. Like, and that's during the scene when Sam meets Optimus and stuff. And like the whole throughout that whole scene, you've got that bit of music, and I'll play in the background. And it's yeah, it's just like I don't know. For me, I just found it like really moving and kind of like inspirational. It's like 
this is kind of cool and it's a theme that they continually use. it's like the good guy theme for yeah. them because when you get to the bad guys you've got that kind of like type soundtrack and that's cool as well but everything about the soundtrack to that film i uh, i thoroughly enjoyed um and yeah and for me personally when i'm looking at, at like reviewing a film the soundtrack is obviously for me a big part of it because that's i'm into soundtracks i love them and uh they they, they can like sway you like emotionally like one way to the other depending on um what what kind of soundtrack it is so yeah no i can i can only agree with that 100 percent. yeah and the soundtrack at home and You've got it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's a good that soundtrack, yeah. And it's like, and if you were to play it, something like John Williams said decades ago with Star Wars, he's like, you should uh, with the soundtrack, you should be able to play the the movie. If you like uh, to mute the speech, the soundtrack should be able to tell the story for you. Yeah. And I've always like at the moment I heard that, I was just like, he's so fucking right on and. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's like the guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's true. And with uh, with this film, I think that that does like fit that sort of bill. So, no, that's an excellent point. Yeah, thanks. Um, I got a. Do you want to hit me with the trivia, or do you want me to like just go through the list that I got? Uh, I'll hit you with a little bit of trivia just about uh, Mr. Jablonski. Yeah. Um, uh, I just pull this off of IMDb, but um, he was assisted by his mentor in uh, composing the musical score. And uh, can you give me one guess as to who his mentor is? Well, uh, I can throw out like three names, and I'm sure I'm probably going to get it on one of them. I hope. Okay, go for it. Uh, okay, John Williams. Nope. Hans Zimmer. Nope. Uh, Alan Silvestri. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's Hans Zimmer. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought, I, I, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing it, like his name somewhere in there, but yeah. Wow, that's. Yeah. Uh, Which I thought, I, thought, I thought was very cool. What yeah, a great mentor to have. Hot Hans dude. Zimmer, yeah. Like I need a soundtrack for something. He's like he's probably got like a, you know, like hundreds of CDs of soundtracks he's created already, but not being able to use. He's like, there you go. Just pick something and oh, say it's yours. Yeah, he's, <laughs> so he's just sitting in his study typing away and you know putting together whatever the score is for his next best thing. Damn. Yeah, his apprentice comes in, <laughs> says, "I need a bit of help." He's like, "Wait, hold on." Reaches behind him and grabs a CD and just like, "Try that. That'll work." <laughs> Yeah, it might, it might very well be. Um, at least in our heads, that's how it goes. <laughs> but that'd be awesome. Yeah, no, no, no offense there, Steve. <laughs> no, I'd love to be there in the studio one day and just like work with any of these these guys. I think I'd be just to sit, sit, you know, see them in the studio doing what they do just for a couple of hours. I'd be like, unreal. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, okay, so that's a good bit of uh, knowledge to have. Um, did he do the other films too? Yeah. Nice. Good for him. I don't remember much about the soundtrack in the third film, but anyway, back on the first. Um, I would say great action scenes. They were like, um, kind of like, from my point of view, spread out quite evenly. It wasn't like all in your face. Some people might say like, oh, it was a typical Michael Bay type film, whatever, but... Not really. It's like you had that the opening scene, bit of action in the military base, liked that, and a bit of uh, family stuff going on until Bumblebee gets involved in and stuff, and then um, like the continuing like relationship and build up between Sam and the Autobots and the big battle at the end. There's a nice. It seems quite evenly spaced out for me. It wasn't just action, 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 which 
I, I quite appreciated. Yep. Um, I did. I like the uh, surprisingly. I like the script um, of the whole film and the interaction, not just between the uh, the transformers and humans, but the humans themselves. The the whole love thing between Sam and Michaela. I like that, which seems really odd, like coming from me. But it does seem very odd coming from you. <laughs> yeah, but every now and again, I can watch a, a movie when there's like you know some sort of like underlying love story involved or or something, and and then I'm okay with that. But and it wasn't too full on, it wasn't too forced or anything, and it just um, it was kind of oh, I don't want to use the word subtle. It was just it it just fit it fit the balance with like the rest of the film, and that's yeah. why I quite enjoyed it. And let's all be honest, regardless of like what happened after these films and stuff, um, she looked great when she bent over the hood of that car. I mean, and that's what most guys tend to think of when they like Transformers. And I kind of agree. She's not my kind of girl, so she's not the kind of girl that I draw over in a celebrity way. She's not in my top ten list. But um, uh, the, the, just the interaction between her and Shia, Sam, I thought that I, I liked that on screen. It worked. Um, it, I thought good acting, to be fair. So cool. I enjoyed that. Um, the other thing I enjoyed, uh, like getting into um a really tiny thing, uh, in the battle between Megatron and Optimus Prime at the end of the movie. Are you going with the the finger flip? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. It's just like when Prime just like knocks him fucking down. He's just like uh, disgusting or whatever, and just flicks that human that bounces off a taxi. <laughs> love that. And the movie gives a whole like one star point just for that alone because that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I did think it was a bit of a shame that the the whole thing of barricade that he just kind of like disappeared um, because towards the end when they're all being chased by all the Decepticons you know you got that scene because uh, uh, oh, Sam's in Bumblebee <laughs> yeah Sam's in Bumblebee yeah and it's not as dirty as it sounds <laughs> yeah and he, he looks funny he's like yeah, oh shit it's the cop car thing because he recognises it it's Barricade and Barricade's like it flips to it sirens going it's you know um uh, chasing them down the highway and stuff, and that's when like Optimus like then transforms and destroys the highway and takes on uh, Bone Crusher, and uh, and then that's the last you ever see a Barricade. Now they do because when they go into the fight in the city, you've got all the other ones show up: Devastator, the tank, which they relabeled Brawl later on, uh, in a, in everything else except for the film, uh, Starscream, Megatron. I'm sure I'm missing one. The chopper blackout. Is it blackout? Yeah. Yeah. But Barricade just vanished. Now, they explained it in the graphic novels or cartoon or something that uh, comics that um, when Optim- the reason why Optimus was so delayed getting to the city in the middle of the fight was that when he pulled over, uh, he took out Bone Crusher. Then he had a massive fight with Barricade as well, took him out, and then transformed and rolled out back towards the city, which is when, you know, obviously, when he rolls up super late like half an hour into the battle or something <laughs> and that was the reason why but uh you know from a it would have been nice to it would have been nice to have seen that yeah that's the thing like from from someone who if you're watching from a fan who's watching that who's like who let's say like a kid who doesn't know the previous origin story the cartoons the comics and the the 1984 86 movie whichever one it was um they don't know the background story they're gonna just like they're watching this and they're asking the same sort of questions we are they're like what happened to the police car 
Because there's nothing mentioned already. Well, never mind what happened to the police car. Why the, where the fuck is Optimus? Yeah. But a, just, a, yeah, just a, but a, a quick, like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 seconds, like, yeah, meanwhile, on this highway, highway, you know, you see Optimus fighting back, and you'd be like, ah, oh, it all makes sense. And then, like, you know, just have him literally, like, or, or I, well, I don't get why they didn't have, like, Bone Crusher and Barricade taken on Optimus. That would have made more sense. Yeah. Like, both of them at the same time, he he knocks them both down onto, like, the different levels, and you got that kid going, oh, my God, Mom, that's cool, or whatever he says. And she's like, um, They battle it out, he takes them both down, boom, problem solved. He rolls out into the city, shows up late because he's been delayed because he's fighting these fuck Decepticon fuckers, and, yeah, that makes sense. But they didn't do that. They, nothing with Barricade. And he just lost after that. And I had high hopes that they'd bring him back in the second film. I thought maybe he just like drove off somewhere else. He's like, oh, I've got a secret mission to do. Or Megatron's like said, I've, oh, you go off and do something else and or something. Or he's got a you know pick got a some report pockets. of a domestic disturbance and you have to go do his day job <laughs> yeah. as a cop. Yeah, but no, alas, they did not. So that was a bit of a shame. Oh. But um, and... my, my, minor negative points for that. Yeah, yeah, literally minor. Um, and one of the great great things I loved about it, I mean, I did like the, um, it's not a major thing, I liked some of the comical things, aspects of it, you know, the, the interaction between Sam and his parents, you know, like the little gaggy stuff, like when the Autobots are trying to get him to find the bag and the glasses and stuff, and they're surrounding the house, and it's just like, I mean, if that had been me, I would have been like, look, fuck off, you know, get off the garden, people are going to notice, just fuck off. But he had so much patience, and obviously, like it was for comical effect and stuff. When you know, trash in the garden, and um, yeah, all that uh, uh, stuff, and and just the the family interaction as a whole, I kind of enjoyed it in the first film. Which, and I'm hard to please when it comes to comical stuff again, but I enjoyed that. So that was cool. It's um, interesting you say that because that's kind of some of the stuff that didn't work for me. <laughs> really? What in the first film? Well, yeah. I liked the some of the scenes with the parents. Yeah. Um, I, I liked the scene where they went to get the car, and it kind of showcases that his dad is like a, a real cheap Chief ass. Well, yeah. 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 And then the scene where he's talking about, you know, this is my grass and my path, and, you know, when you've got your own house, you can walk on it. Yeah, yeah. And then when Sam starts the car and the whole yard gets flooded with, <laughs> like, exhaust. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. I, th- I thought the it's scene where... It's supposed to do that. Yeah, where his where he's like um, kind of having a go at his mom for um, like basically castrating the dog by giving him like bling and stuff. No, that's the second one. No, that's the first one. No, it's the second one. No, it's the first it's, one. It's the he... opening of the second film. Trust is it? me, it is. Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, either way, in either film, it didn't work for me. Um, and then I thought the whole scene where like you know the, he's in the room searching for the glasses and Michaela's in there. And his parents finally get in, and his mom is like, you know, dropping innuendos about, like, is he masturbating and stuff. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But the rest of everything <laughs> around that scene did not, I, I, it started to get a little bit tedious for me. I um, guess. I liked And, and, I, the, and the Autobots on, like, the, uh, in, in the yard, in the front yard. Yeah, I thought that went on a bit too long. It did a bit, especially when he said to him, he's just like, you know, stay here, I'm going to go look. And then they all transform into trucks in the yard. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, you know, just wait here, whatever. You can't come in, you know, you're going to wake up the neighbors. 
you know, give me a few minutes. And then, like, two There's, minutes later, they're yeah, there. Yeah. It's like, I just got to, I can't take a big ass step like you and walk a mile. Yeah. So it takes me a minute to run to the front door. And then they just transform and sit in his yard. And you're like, it kind of reminded me of like a kid who's in a, like in Tesco's or something shopping. And the mom's like, you know, stop making so much noise. So he just sits on the floor and pouts. It's like every <laughs> yeah. transformer just went, I'm a two year old kid and just dropped. <laughs> I did see something that breaks up the, the bit of the comical moments between that scene for me is like the dad because <laughs> every time something happens, I think it's before they go upstairs to question Sam and yeah. um, there's like that. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it's because um, the medic can, can't remember his name. Ratchet. Ratchet. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it's because he, I think it's before he falls into power line. Something happens that they're like, oh, earthquake. And the dad guy, he's just like, he just runs. He's like, earthquake, quick, get in the door or whatever and stuff. And he's under the table. And his wife, who's just got the massive glass of wine, just goes, how did you get over there so fast? Okay. <laughs> and I was like, that broke it off me. And I really enjoyed that. It was awesome. But, um, yeah. I didn't think that, I mean, the comedy throughout the movies does get worse. But I thought it was quite okay in the first one and um uh the only last two points i've got is one i really enjoyed the the portrayal of starscream in this film yeah. uh i thought it was very in fact like i think all the transformers they were all very they very very closely resembled to um the, the their cartoon persona i guess or comic persona or whatever uh i really enjoyed it but starscream specifically um, just his kind of like cowardly sort of behavior um, and the fact that he's all like uh, I mean the scene when he takes out the F-22s brilliant oh, yeah I was just thinking about that yeah I mean he, he has some like great scenes but and like when he's uh, commanding the other Decepticons that's great but it's like the moment Megatron comes onto the scene how fucking he's like a, a cat like um in the shadow of a, a tiger sort of thing. He's just like, oh, shit. You know, and he just bows down and he's afraid. And literally, like, you see that, that portrayal of fear, which is how Megatron rules, by fear and stuff. But, obviously, you know, the moment Megatron's not around, Starscream's like, you know, he'll take charge and, you know, fuck up these humans and stuff. And yeah. I thought that came across really, really well. So, yeah. So the day, that's, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's all the points I've got to that's say. That's all the points you've really. got. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I agree with you on most of those. Like I said, some of the some of the humor, um, uh, I didn't, they uh, didn't kind of hit the spot for me. But I will say that um, the humor in this one was, uh, um, far and above better than in the following films. Um, the, I think the um, Bumblebee taking a leak on the agents. I didn't like that. Yeah, that I could have done less okay. without. I could have done without that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, oh, but, uh, one of my favorite scenes. While we're at that quickly. Yeah. Um, when we mentioned about the uh, emotional, you know, things with the music and stuff, and and I think they uh, they did this six, six, uh, sorry successfully because Bumblebee couldn't speak. You know that scene when they're fighting in the uh, in the city. I mean, it, it was already for me. I was already crying by the point that Bumblebee lost his legs. But, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, so I, I don't like him, whatever. But it's just like the the scene. He's a bit. Because Sam's all like, you know, oh, B, and he's all like, because he can't talk, whatever. But you kind of like because of the sound. You are kind of like thinking 
He must maybe he's in some sort of pain or something or discomfort. Yeah. And then you've got the scene when Michaela hooks him up to the, the van and stuff and she's about to drive off and she's like, damn it, I should be doing more of this. And when she looks behind and, and B just like gives her, gives her the nod and he's like, is it, you know, it's really, my, I mean, I'm getting tinkles talking about it. It's like, there's that heart to heart moment with between the two of them where he's just like, look, I know I'm fucked, but we need to help out still. And then you've got that whole badass moment where she's like, okay, I'll drive you shoot. And then boom, you get that music going and, He's just like, yeah, shooting the fuck out of shit. And that's a, that's a great moment for me. And I don't think it would have worked if he could talk. If he was just like, oh, I think we should go back and shoot and stuff. It'd be like, fuck off. Why does he sound like that? I don't know. In I have no head. idea. He's like a hybrid between, <laughs> I don't know, Sean Connery and, and Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Michaela. But it, yeah, but it's really good. But it's, another, that's the thing is like with Bumblebee, again, I'm not... I'm not the biggest fan of... I mean, it sounds like I am. I'm not the biggest fan of him as a Transformer because of the second film, I guess. But even in the scene when he's racing away from Barricade uh, with Michaela and Sam, and he's just like, okay, I'm not going to lose this guy. And they get to the power plant, and he just throws him out of the car and then transforms, and he gets into that like defensive stance where he's just like, fucking bring it. And then Barricade brings it, but <laughs> still gets fucked up. Yeah, and I mean even that is a great moment. Just like the way when he throws them out, and you know, Mikhail's all like, "Oh my god, he's going to kill us!" And Sam's like, "No, he'd have done that by now." And just the way that he stands over them, protectively, that is Bumblebee to a T. And I was like, it, "That yeah, again, heartfelt pull string thing in the jiggies because I mute the music as well." Yeah, I'm such a sucker for these sort of scenes. Yeah, you are though, <laughs> and in a in a in a giant robot film as well, not like a. A strong, powerful drama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, no, cool. I uh, yeah, I, I agree with most everything you said about it. Um, I, I can't... Uh, yes, I can knock some things in the film. Um, but of the four, I would definitely say that it's my favorite one. And I know you've got something to say on that. We'll get to that shortly. Um, but no, I, I thought uh, it was... It was and, and most... And, well... I would tend to agree that uh, based on the IMDb ratings and everybody else that I speak to, um, this this was a good first film um, in the franchise. It what it did, it did it well, and absolutely, you know, it took the piss out of itself where it needed to, and uh, yeah, worthy of worthy of the ratings that we've given it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna hit you with a couple of bits of trivia. But, I mean, there's loads of it all through IMDb, but a couple of things that I thought I found interesting. Okay. Uh, first off, the film's tagline, you know, their war, our world. Mm-hmm. That was originally meant for AVP. Their world, our world. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Their, their war, our world. Their war, ah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, and looking at it, I would have thought that, uh, you know, they could they could have probably used like that that line that uh, Optimus uses in the film of, you know, one, one will rise or one... One shall one, stand, yeah, one, one shall, shall fall. There you go. That's pretty good, dude. Thanks. I was off the well cuff. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That would have worked just as well for the Transformers film. And their war, our world, would have made much more sense for AVP rather than whoever wins, we lose or something, because mm. that wasn't the case. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, we mentioned so that you, on a, another episode, didn't we? It's just like, it's such a letdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that... You know, that tagline would have saved the film, the mm. other one. 
But anyway, I thought that was well, interesting. If it well, if it played out that way, like we didn't win, then that would have that would have won. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, good point. Yeah, but the whole thing like whoever wins, you know, we lose, but we won. Yeah, that's why it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But anyway. Okay. Cool. Uh, Michael Bay originally turned down directing the film. Wow. Uh, considering it a stupid toy movie. <laughs> However. <laughs> that sounds like Doctor P. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Harry, he, he really wanted to work with Steven Spielberg and wanted to make his first family film. Um, and also being a car buff, the idea of sentient cars interested him. And he later admitted that not being a Transformers fan proved to be a blessing as it enabled him to introduce the saga to other non-fans. Which made me think of two things. A, I'm not entirely sure it was necessarily a blessing. Um, as most fans would possibly say. But it did make me think, and I couldn't find it, but I did look all over the place, of were, was, the, was the director chair offered to anybody else first? Yeah. Um, and this is possibly a, a, a conversation for later of, like, who could have... What would have been like if somebody else directed it? See, I think that's a very... Um, unfortunately, to say, I think that's a, kind of like a hit-and-miss type attitude that he had because... That's the same sort of approach that J.J. Abrams had with Star Trek. And he was just like, I, I'm not a big fan of Star Trek. You know, I know a bit about it and stuff. But he's kind of like reinvented it and uh, he's introduced it to new people who weren't big fans of Star Trek because it's like yeah. the series were years old and stuff. But they, he's brought them back into it. And the old fans have accepted it as well. And they're like, yeah, I like what he's done with it. And it's like he's tried to take that approach but unfortunately, over the course of the four films he's done, as I understand it, kind of not had the same success because he's introduced a lot of new people into Transformers who never grew up with it or never knew about it, sure. But then you've got the old school fans, uh, you know, I guess myself included, who are like, no, what the fuck are you doing? Sort of attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I... I... I, I get that. I just yeah. I thought it would it would have been interesting. I think just if I could find it, and I will probably hunt around a bit to see was there any who were the alternates, yeah. or did it just end up being like they went to Michael Bay and he said no, and then they went to Michael Bay and then they kept on like hounding him, or and then they went to Spielberg. And he's like, go ask Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um. Obviously, I told you about the thing with the musical score and Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Which was cool. Um, and this was the fastest-selling DVD release of 2007. Wow. And, and when I saw that, it kind of reminded me of when it came out. And we, I'm, I'm sure we were all at Blockbuster still. 2007, 2007. seven years ago? I wasn't. I don't know, maybe I wasn't either. I was definitely gone by then. Okay, maybe I still was for a little bit. No, I think um, you might have Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember this shit hitting the shelves. Um, Man, and going like hotcakes. Yeah, Stace was still there, so that's I remember it flying. It was one of the big best sellers they had that year. Yeah. Um, Alrighty. Yeah. So that's the first one. Okay, so we've had a quick break, and we've been talking off the air about how we're going to do this because we realised that we spent a good sort of half an hour talking about Transformers. Oh, it meets the eye. <laughs> yeah. The, two seven, uh, the 2007 feature film. Yeah, the 2007. Um, great film. Average rating, as we said, 7.2 on uh, IMDb. I give it an 
five, I think. You gave it a seven. seven. A solid seven. A solid seven, which is respectable still. And uh, we talked a little bit about some trivia and stuff, and we thought, well, we've gone on so long about this one, and that's just the first film, which is good. Second film, third film, fourth film, we could go on for probably a good couple of hours. So we're going to break these episodes up a little bit. But uh, in the meantime, this episode will be about episode one. Next one will be about episode two, surprisingly. And then we'll finish off with three and four together, because collectively I'm sure that won't take long. But in the meantime, I'm going to need you, Sean, to grab your, uh, your uh, whatever it is you use for IMDb. Ooh, okay. What do you use? For IMDb? Yeah. Uh, I use the IMDb application. Off yeah, of your app. Yeah, what do you use it on? Your computer or...? Oh, no, I've got it on my iPhone at the moment because I'm looking at you on my computer. Okay, so all in all, I'm going to leave it there <laughs> until tomorrow. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I think we should uh, tease the listeners with uh, our ratings for film two, mm, and then we'll get them. into it tomorrow. Yeah, tease away. Yeah, cool. So, my ratings for this very respectable film, and I use that term loosely, is a four point five out of ten. And your rating, good sir? 8.5. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Tune into the next episode to find out why we look at this film so differently. <laughs> yes. Well, the, the continuation of this little series that we're going to develop. So it might not be the very next episode, but surely down the path. Yes. Yes. Charlie down a good journey. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, thanks for listening to our little review of uh, Transformers. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, so yes. And uh, JD over at uh, Insession Film, um, I hope you in- enjoyed it as well. And uh, yeah. I look forward to many more conversations with you about uh, uh, this saga, which I will say, hand over heart, uh, beats Twilight hands down as far as film sagas go. So it's got that going for it. Bumblebee and Sam Witwicky is still a better love story than Twilight. Yes, it is. So, in the meantime, anyone else who wants to give us a review, get hold of us, nashcastpod at gmail.com or Twitter, Nashcast Network. I said that, right? You did? Cool. Well done. Well Thanks. done, sir. <laughs> yeah, I was forget. I'm like, did I say that? Yeah. Uh, and Yeah, or if you want to reach me on Twitter, you can reach me at Neil Sean. Or you can reach uh, Mr. Nash over there at Scott Nash 4. That's the number 4. four. Yeah. And yes, we'll catch up with you guys. <laughs> we'll catch up with you guys soon. In the meantime, have a good journey. Have a good journey.